0: the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker.
1: Welcome back to the uh, you know to the to the show that we're doing right now.
0: Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's gonna be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321 it's the full court press hey what's
1: going on everybody eric franson and jason walker here on the full court press big show today a lot of things breaking and Coming across the wire today, Uh, Utah State officially releases its non-conference schedule. And then the Mountain West releases its conference schedule. So we had a lot of basketball news to get through today, looking at who's on the schedule, when are certain games played, how does this year compare to last. A few notable teams not on the schedule for Utah State, so we'll get to that. Uh, Post-practice audio from Gervin Hall, Jr. and Robert Briggs. So kind of an interesting uh, spread there between a graduate senior, a transfer senior in uh, Gervin Hall who's played in big-time environments before and to a true freshman in Robert Briggs. So very different uh, 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 experiences approaching a very big game coming up this Saturday. We'll get to that. Uh, and to hear from them and coming up at the top of next hour at uh, at five o'clock we'll have a conversation with Utah State head volleyball coach Rob Nielsen he'll be joining us on the program big weekend last weekend and heading into another equally big weekend this weekend so uh, what's on the schedule how this team's coming together we'll have a chance to hear from him coming up next hour so uh, and there's also talk that college football playoff may actually expand to 12 games or 12 teams. After all the talk that's uh, been out there, there are reports that they could expand as early as Friday on its final two years of its current contract. So a lot of different things to get through here today. We've got uh, football, we got basketball, we got volleyball, a little bit of everything today.
2: This is what happens when fall hits. All the sports come at you all at once. We're only about a month or so away from the golden time of the year when like every major sport is playing at once. So I guess a couple months. Month and a, half. and a half. It's like middle of October.
1: Yeah. So then you get the NHL, NBA, you got major league baseball in its playoffs. NFL, college football.
2: Yeah. College basketball is starting. Yeah. Just Everything, all the major professional sports and a lot of the major college ones, too. So it's that beautiful time of the year when you just don't get to watch everything because there's <laughs> too much happening almost every
1: single day. It's impossible. Um, one thing I didn't note in the tease there is that, uh, and maybe we'll lead with this, it was cut cut down day yesterday in the uh, or, or Monday in the NFL. Tuesday. Tuesday, sorry, yesterday in the NFL. That's right. Uh, earlier today... Uh, it was opportunities for NFL teams to claim available players on waivers. And then late this afternoon, it was time for teams to name their, you know, which players were going to be on their practice squads. So, Jason, any movement from former Aggies? We know Jalen Warren survived cutdown day, former Utah State running back. He's going to stay on with the Steelers. Uh, I also noted, I looked this up today, Tepa Naliyai and Dallin Levitt Survived cut down day for the Green Bay Packers. Yep. But um, Devin Tompkins, Darwin Thompson, and Derek Wright did not make 53 man rosters for the teams that they were on in the
2: preseason. None of them were claimed off waivers, it looked like. Yeah, I don't believe so. Well, they, they weren't. Not I don't, I believe so. They weren't because they're all basically staying where they're at. They're just going to be on practice squads. Devin Tompkins making the Buccaneers practice squad, Derek Wright, the Panthers squad. And then Darwin Thompson, who we kind of weren't 100% sure was going to make the Seahawks squad, it looks like he has made their practice squad. Oh, that's good news. So none of them are going anywhere. They're just going to hang around on the respective practice squads of the teams they spend the preseason with. So their, their careers remain intact for now. Not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. The longer you keep getting to play, you know, so long as these guys want to play, you know, the longer they get to keep playing, then that's good for them. Guys get injured all the time. And they need to fill a roster spot. Um,
1: and uh, who do they go to first? You know, guys that they're seeing every day in practice. Yeah. Or try to claim somebody who's on the beach. So your, your chances of getting called up are much better if you're already on a practice squad.
2: Yeah, especially, you know, some depth positions like running back and wide receiver where you need depth, you need bodies. Um, so there could be an opportunity waiting for these guys. And we spent a lot of time on this yesterday talking about how important just that that one opportunity can be. And, and so far these guys are extending what opportunities they're getting. Yeah, so that's exciting that there are still uh, opportunities to stay where they are
1: and to be a part of these franchises. Uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on it as the season goes on if they do get called up. Now, as we mentioned the other day, you can get called up by another team that you can get poached. Um, to be on another team's roster, but that's only if you're going to the active roster. They can take somebody off of somebody else's practice squad, but only if they're going to put them on their active roster.
2: Yeah, you have to actually sign them to a contract. You can't push them for the practice squad unless they get released from that other practice squad. And then I'm not sure if they go on waivers if they get cut from the practice squad or not. I don't know if there's a waiver for that. Ooh, Yeah, I'm not sure. Because these it's guys could have been claimed course. off waivers, and once they weren't, they went back to practice squads. There were a couple of people that were picked up off waivers, which I was talking to you off the air. I was like, does anybody ever actually claim people off waivers, like ever? Because I would like I felt like I just never heard of it. Didn't really look it up. It's just like I felt like I've, it's always this person, once they clear waivers, yada, yada, yada. And a lot of that has to do with um, not picking up the contract, because if you pick them up on waivers – you have to pay what contract they were making. Um, that seems to apply more in basketball. In the NFL, the contracts aren't always as huge a deal, but still. you feel like you'd never heard of guys actually getting picked up off of waivers. Although today, in the the top of the hour, there was, there was somebody who got claimed off waivers, so... Yeah. It does happen. It, it, it does. You're right. It does happen. Not with a
1: lot of regularity. And probably only around this time of year. Uh. Right. And, and, again, that's usually because um, you know, there's an injury issue. Somebody that they thought they w- were, were going to have something with just doesn't pan out.
2: So, Or they just coveted somebody else's, you know. Right. Some, so, maybe somebody had more good wide receivers in their camp than another team, and another team wanted that wide receiver, so they, true. they grabbed them. Because there's a lot – you know, they had the – the cutdowns yesterday, but there's still been been some movement in the NFL. Last day or so, a couple cuts, couple moves as teams. Some guys who thought they made the cut then got cut. <laughs> really bad Wednesday for a few people. Yeah, that's true. So I, uh, not, I mean, it's not the the best news, but it's not bad news. Yeah, it's we'll not, put it that way. It's not the worst news. Yeah, that's probably better. The worst news it. is there's career over and they have to, you know, move on, be regular plebs like us. <laughs> that have to watch sports instead of playing them.
1: Instead of getting paid to play them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that's kind of the latest on the uh, NFL uh, waiver wire or practice squad issue for uh, uh, some former Utah State Aggies. Uh, current Utah State Aggies trying to take on Goliath on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, we heard from the coaches and uh, some of the players yesterday. We'll hear more from them today. Uh, so, we continue to move towards. Uh, that uh, Saturday evening, uh, late afternoon kickoff for USU on the SEC Network, by the way. Uh, way to
2: watch that one. Got to uh, double-check if I actually have the SEC Network somewhere. I think I do, but I'm not 100% sure.
1: I know where you can find it. Here. It'll be on here at the station.
2: Oh. So. Maybe I'll come here and look So if you're looking party. for a place to watch it. <laughs> do you do a watch party here? Well, I guess you do the... <laughs> Pre and post game shows, mm-hmm. so yeah, so we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on. I'll come hang out with you guys. Yeah. Me and Al and Ryan You and Cohen. all like the really experienced guys that are like just like over here in my corners like I've been doing this for like <laughs> six months.
1: <laughs> no, that'll be fun. That'll be good. Uh, at least I hope I hope it'll be fun. Uh, getting, hopefully it won't be disastrous. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. Uh, a reminder, if you want to weigh in on any of our topics today. Full-court press text line is open, 435-339-0321-7966. Weighing in, uh, pivoting our discussion to USU men's basketball. It's exciting to finally get the USU men's basketball schedule for the season. Looking at the non-conference schedule, I think we go 12-1, which would set us up great for conference play. A little harder to predict the conference record because I don't know what to expect from some of the teams this season though I do think it'll be another strong season for the Mountain West overall with three or four tournament teams. My conference prediction as of right now would probably be 12-6. and six. That would put us at 24-7 and seven overall. And if we can do that, I think we'll be in great position for an at-large NCAA tournament bid.
2: What are your early predictions for the record this coming season? So I'll say 7-9-6-6 six, six is a lot more optimistic about the season than I am. Um, while I was very optimistic about Utah State's football season, or at least on the optimistic side, the more I think about it for Utah State basketball, while there are aspects I am excited about, I'm worried about this basketball team mm-hmm. in a, for a number of reasons. We can get a lot more detail about that later, but I will give some, like, early predictions. One, I don't think they're going 12-1 and in non-conference. Um... Um, it's just text came over <laughs> Made me laugh oh, um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not looking at the text line right, right now <laughs> It just threw me off because I looked right at it As I was about to make my point um, <laughs> So just Eyeballing the, the non-conference schedule I unfortunately saw it a little bit late In my preparation so I wasn't able to do Much of a deep dive into each of these teams How they look now I was able to look up their records From last year which is a Not the greatest way But you know, it gives you a ballpark yeah. Because teams can, you know, lose players, whatnot. Uh especially with them I don't think they play a single uh major team, major conference team. Uh no. in their non conference. I think they can because there's the the Diamond Head Classic or whatever it's called, uh Washington States, I believe or I think it's Washington State that's in that that uh I think Washington State is in that uh tournament thing, so maybe they can play. I didn't look too deep into that either, but most likely Utah State will not face a single major conference team. Which actually makes it really difficult as far as NCAA tournament bid because you want those on your resume. Um, Because the the few times Utah State had a really good potential at-large resume, like the year they were the number 8 seed, I mean, they got the automatic bid because they won the tournament, but they would have been an at-large team, um, given how high they were anyway. They had several major conference wins on their resume. Utah State will have none of those this season. So the resume could look okay, depending on how the Mountain West does, but it's a bunch of mid-major teams, which makes it really hard to impress the committee. Um, It looks like they're going to play several good mid-major teams, at least based on the record last year. There's four teams on this slate that had at least twenty wins last year it was Utah Valley, Santa Clara, um, San Francisco, and Weber State. I'll be honest; that's even looking at the records, that's not the strongest list of, uh, you know, in terms of resume teams. All right. So, so let's go through this. If you haven't seen the release and you haven't seen who Utah
1: State will play in their non-conference, because this was dropped at about eleven o'clock this morning, and then the conference schedule just a few hours later. Uh, both of the stories about those schedules are available on cashvalleydaily.com. Uh, but here's, here's what it looks like for USU. So bear with me. I'm going to go through the non-conference schedule first. So the Aggies will open up their season at home against Utah Valley on November 7th. Then they will host Bradley on November 11th, host Santa Clara on November 14th. They will go to San Diego and really the only true road game of non-conference. And that's going to be on November 17th. Then they uh, they return and come back home on November 22nd to host Oral Roberts. Then it's Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State, on December 1st. They go to San Francisco. They play in the Chase Center. Cool opportunity, right? That's uh, where the Golden State Warriors play. But They're going to face San Francisco there. Uh, and actually, and well, I'll get back to the uh, who's good and whatnot, as you kind of touched on later. But yeah, then they have, so that's, that's considered a neutral site game, even though it's in San Francisco. They're, that is not where San Francisco, the University of San Francisco plays. It's their backyard. Right. It's, it's in their town. Uh, then they have another neutral site game. They played Loyola Marymount in Las Vegas. They come home to play Westminster, an NAIA school. On December fifteenth. By the way, they are in San Francisco on December fourth, in in Las Vegas. Don't know the, which venue specifically that game is at. They didn't identify that. But that'll be December tenth against Loyola Marymount. Come back home December fifteenth with Westminster. Host Weber State on December nineteenth. Then they go to Hawaii for the Diamond Head Classic. They open up against Seattle on December twenty-second. And then, depending on the outcome of that game, they could play either Iona or SMU on December 23rd. And then, depending on that outcome and others, we don't know when they'll play, but or who they'll play. But we do know they will play on Christmas Day on December 25th. Could be any number of variety of different teams that are participating there. Could be uh, George Washington, Washington State, Pepperdine, Hawaii. Those are the other schools that are there. So that's their non-conference schedule. So when I look at that, it's kind of hard, like you said, to predict how good teams this year will be at this point. But if we look at what these teams accomplished a year ago, there's only one team in all those non-conference games that was a top 50 team last season. Only four who were in the top 100. So you're right, unless they make it to... Somehow to play Washington State. George Washington even. There there really aren't very many. Kind of plant your poll. Um, non-conference games here on USU's schedule. San Francisco is the highlight. Which that will take some people by surprise. Who may not follow college basketball. That's not a traditional modern day power. But last year. They finished twenty-sixth in the NCAA
2: net rankings. Yeah, they've they've done pretty well there in the, the West Coast Conference. Uh they've they've had some pretty decent wins. They've I think a couple times they've beat BYU, I think. They've caused some problems for some of the traditional guys in the in the West Coast Conference. Not so much Gonzaga, but St. Mary's and BYU, who's been in there for about ten years. So you know they've come on pretty well the last few years. Um, but I think overall the fact that uh, th- this non-conference schedule feels like it's built for um, trying to have a 12-1 non-conference schedule. They're trying to do that. And again, some of the, as I think they may understand, this team isn't nearly as good as it's been the last few years. Yeah, I think this
1: is an opportunity to get some games under your belt to help a team who's trying to come together and get prepared before the conference season gets going. Uh, There's a couple notable teams that are not on this list. BYU is not on this schedule. Neither is Utah. They've replaced those two schools with Utah Valley, Utah Tech, Weber State, and Westminster. That's your in-state schedule for Utah State this year.
2: Yeah, it's... When you look at football, you say, why doesn't the University of Utah schedule Utah State? Well, one, it's because they're chicken. But two, it's because Utah does have a bit of a scheduling trick for football. I think they only get three non-conference games, if I remember correctly. Because I think they have nine conference games, which is one more than most, I believe. I don't know if that's, that, that was the case a few years ago. I don't know if it's still the case now. So it's hard for them to fit Utah State in there. They should be able to do it every now and again. But it is harder. They can't play them every year. That's just how it is. And BYU's about to face that same situation when they moved to the Big 12. Um, They've been playing Utah State every year because they have to fill up a schedule and Utah State's there. Um, In basketball, there's no excuse. Absolutely none. None. Like, you're playing, I mean, you you play like 10 non-conference games, give or take, or maybe closer to 12 or 13 every year, so a dozen or so. Non-conference there's, games. There's plenty of time to work that yeah. in. Yeah. There is no excuse to not be playing in-state rivals in this way. Utah State's been playing Weber State like every year. Uh, they've played Utah Valley a decent amount. Not every year, but they've played them. Um, I don't know if they've played Dixie or Utah Tech, or whatever they are, a ton. No, but, this would be the first time. Yeah, but they've only just recently come up to, to Division point. One, so right. that's kind of part of why. So there is no excuse for this. At all. It's just pure arrogance, pure I don't just I just don't want to play you. That's all it is. Well the the word today is uh that BYU
1: would be okay to play Utah State so long as that game in future series is more in BYU's favor, games in Provo versus games in Logan. And USU is like, no. We're gonna go home and home. If you want to do a a, vert, a neutral site at uh, Vivint, that's fine. But we get if you get one, we get one. And then there's a neutral site one. We've done that before. We're okay with doing that in the future. But uh, BYU wouldn't go for that. They wanted like a two for one, and you just you to their credit. It's like no, we're not gonna play that
2: game. It's not worth it. Yeah, and it, it's just it's arrogance on the part of BYU. They wanna act like they're the big cheese and sure they do have the upper hand in this rivalry. They do, they keep beating us even with our good teams. You know, Craig Smith never beat BYU. It's but it's in been those a while.
1: years that loss didn't hurt BYU. And so it's 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 folly to say it never helped BYU it, it just hurts them to play the Aggies. And that's just false too. Last year Utah State in a little bit of a down year compared to the last several Still an NIT team, yeah. and was finished uh, number 64 in the NET. That's not bad. That doesn't
2: hurt you to play a team like that. Well, it usually ends up being the oh, what are they called the the ranks like the four rank things they have for the NET or whatever it's called, like a level one win, a level two win, quads, quads. That's what it was. Yeah, Utah State's like a quad two win basically usually. If you're playing them at home, maybe on maybe last year, if they were home, maybe they were a quad three. I can't remember since it changes home and away. Well, the time that game was played last year,
1: Utah State had beaten New Mexico State and Oklahoma and Richmond, and so Utah State's
2: net resume was very strong. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a helpful win. It's like I mean, you're playing teams that are worse than Utah State. You're playing teams that are about as good as Utah State, probably in any given year. Why are you not playing Utah State? Again, there's no reason to because, like, if you're saying, well, they're scared to lose, you could lose to any team you play, and you probably (laughs) will in any given year. I will give them credit at least for the last several years. They have been
1: playing Utah State. Utah has completely and totally, utterly ducked the Aggies for the last decade. Yeah. Totally inexcusable. Nobody seems to care or get as riled up about that.
3: Yeah. It always surprises me.
2: Because people care about BYU, and you'd think that maybe Craig Smith would – Start scheduling Utah State, but he's probably gotten on his high horse about having to play basically all home games at Utah. Right. we'll play them as long as they come to the Huntsman Center. Yeah. No, no, doesn't
1: work that way. Utah State's not going to play that game, and they shouldn't play that game.
2: Yeah. So it's it's Utah and BYU just wanting to act like they're better, um, or just that they deserve these kind of you know all the all the stuff that you know the higher programs get. Because Utah State will play that game with the the Power Five or major conferences, though usually they just play them at neutral sites. Um, I don't think Utah State usually plays most of their the major conference games. They've played have been neutral sites, I believe. Yeah, it's been a long time since a P
1: five program came to Logan. USC did a couple years back. Yeah, but
2: it's a it's a rare well, instance. They, well, they never come here, but Utah State hasn't necessarily gone to those teams. Um. Oh, very often. No, that's true, too. Um, usually they go to some neutral site. I mean, Oklahoma was neutral site last year. When they beat LSU, was neutral site and uh, a few others. Oklahoma was in a tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why the, the the thing at Vivint made some sense. But then I think BYU and Utah didn't like that very much. Cause for some
1: Which reason. Which is stupid. Stupid. Like it was said, great having the four fan bases there in one venue a basketball doubleheader. you got great basketball in this state. Yeah.
2: Make an annual showcase. It's, I don't understand why it's that hard. Yeah. It wasn't the greatest system, but it worked given the fact that Utah and BYU want to play this, over oh, so much better than everyone else game. And Utah State and Weber just want to play their in-state rivals and get good games. But it's ruined because we want to have this stupid attitude about scheduling. It's And that's what's kind of ruining college basketball and college football is we don't care about the things that made these sports great in the first place. Yeah. The fandoms, the rivalries, regional rivalries, they're just being thrown out the window. And it's basically becoming the NFL and NBA. It's greed. Everyone for themselves. Make as much money as possible. Screw everything else. We're just going to do us. Uh. W- speaking
1: of greed, we're going to take a break. <laughs> Let our sponsors we got to
2: make some money. Get
1: the sponsors get a word in. Uh, we'll continue talking about the schedule, uh, looking at uh, uh, the, the non-conference and the conference schedule for Utah State men's basketball released today. Go back and uh, check it out and see for yourself on Cash Valley Daily. Uh, I, I've posted a lot of things on my Twitter feed today about it. But still more to break down and get your reactions as well. i have got a lot of texts coming through. We'll get to those. Stick around. More to come here on the Full Court Press. A diamond is forever and is perfect to represent your love. For those special occasions, give her a natural, one of a kind diamond as unique as she is. Our exclusive brand, Needham Brilliant Diamonds, is both beautiful and affordable with quarter carat diamonds starting at $499. We have hundreds of sparkling diamonds at our integrity price guarantee with financing available. An investment for generations to come, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. SC Needham Jewelers middle of the block at the sign of the clock
0: cash valley is growing if you're new to the area or here for school you should pick up a free
1: copy of the best of northern utah magazine that's where you'll find the area's top businesses voted on by our local community Any service or product you might need, you'll find it in the Best of Northern Utah magazine. Pickup locations are throughout Cache Valley. For a location near you, visit bestofnorthernutah.com. Our local businesses are the heart of our community, so please
0: support all of our business community by shopping local. Best of Northern Utah. Hi, this is Rusty Allen with LSS Insurance. I get asked all the time, do I have to sign up for Medicare? Check out our website, lssins.com. Or call 752-9493. Medicare doesn't have to be confusing. We have the answers to all your questions and will help each step of the way. With decades of experience, we'll guide you through each step. There is no cost to work with LSS Insurance. We make Medicare easy. Call 752-9493. It's time for the big hunt. What do you do after you bag your trophy game? This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance.
1: We have several freezers in stock for you to store your big game harvest, including a Frigidaire 20-cubic-foot upright freezer in white for only $9.89. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance service and sales west on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday
0: appliance in beautiful
3: downtown benson dd auto and salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles you can get rid of your junk vehicles today dd auto and salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible Pickup is available. If you have metal, D.D. Auto & Salvage & Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204
0: today. See store for details. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM. 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: Eric and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Feel free to chime in. Utah State basketball schedule released today. 435-339-0321. Both the non-conference and the conference schedule dropped today for USU men's basketball. Uh, We'll get through some of the notes, some of the observations there, but want to get through some of your texts as well. Um, 7966. uh says any updates regarding Auburn's interest in John Hartwell as their new A D? Hope he stays at USU. So
2: the one small update is that Hartwell was uh he was on an Alabama radio station earlier today. Basically, and he was asked about it. It's weird that he was on a radio station earlier today. Um that he would do that. Um usually you try not to be super public when you're maybe about to be poached, but I guess he doesn't care. He has um,
1: actively campaigned for other positions. Yeah, and so here, it doesn't surprise me at all.
2: Yeah, and here, when he was asked, he said he quote would absolutely listen, um, if Auburn called, basically. So basically, saying if they call, I'll definitely listen. So, well, I, look, I mean, it's just like football.
1: If you uh, it, or if you're a head coach should a, even a basketball team or a football team in a power five school comes calling. And you're at a group of five school, yeah. You would take the call.
2: Yeah, it's just weird that he says it out loud. That's the thing is normally it's like every coach is like, "Oh, I'll I'll stay here and you know I, I love it here and the fans and the go down the list of all the PR stuff to say. They don't say the quiet part out loud. Uh, John Hartwell did, <laughs> which is the weird part. Yeah. Which as I said, he's he's done that in the past. I've not exactly he, he, followed his his escapades in the past. Um, so it, it is a little weird for me just to see, like, oh, you said that. Okay. Yeah. I see how yeah. it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, he has openly campaigned in the past for other jobs. Uh, moving on. 9758 would be an epic Christmas if the Aggies make the Hawaii Bowl. Well, wouldn't that be something? I mean, it, it's okay if they make the Hawaii Bowl. I mean, they should be shooting for something better, but – to have football and men's basketball happening in the same area within days of each other. Yeah, it would be interesting. That'd be great. Athletics would love that. Athletics
2: would love that. I Bring a lot of Aggie fans to the islands. At the risk of being a Debbie Downer, I have a huge problem with college athletics happening around or on Christmas. Because some people end up having to work. My brother missed his first Christmas with his wife his their first year as a couple uh, because he had to go play in the band at a Utah state bowl game. They, they wouldn't let him bring his wife all the athletics people got to bring their families. (laughs) So I'm not very happy with the concept because it ruins Christmas for a lot of people in terms of family togetherness.
1: That's true. And it's a big holiday, right? That a lot of people come together for. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I don't know what the viewership numbers are on the Hawaii Bowl. I haven't – let me go back and look at that. But I can't imagine that it's very, very well received on Christmas Eve. Yeah. A lot of people are doing a lot of other things on Christmas Eve.
2: Well, I mean, it can be a great thing for fans because they can go with their families to the games. Right. That's true. Um. So it basically – it's great for just about everyone except the people who have to work it. And maybe I'm also bitter because I may be part of that. I'll have to work Christmas Day. That's true. I could. We could be doing a you know, pre and post. Yeah. Bowl
1: game coverage.
2: And as much as I love this uh, job, guys, I love my family too. more than this job. So. <laughs> Take the AP story. So, like I said, be happy with it. Uh, at the risk of being a Debbie Downer, <laughs> I have some problems with Christmas games.
1: But there is a convergence there where where would be a possibility for. Utah State football and basketball to be playing at the same time at a pretty unique venue. I mean, that is yeah. that is kind of cool. That we do have said, to recognize that.
2: That Being said, if that happens, please send me to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell my all. Prin- that being said, I'll sell that. Also, all my principles for a trip to Hawaii, guys. <laughs> I'll, I'll make the trip if I have to. <laughs> Such a sacrifice. I <laughs> Take one for the team. I'm sorry I couldn't be there for Christmas, guys. Surf's up. Uh, yeah.
1: Hang ten. Uh 9315. Uh if you were YBU or Utah, would you not want to play us in Logan due to the fact that the win would
2: help you more? One would think, but they're afraid of losing in Logan, which is weird cuz neither BYU or Utah has lost in Logan for a while. Utah because they haven't played in Logan for a while, but BYU's rolling on like three or four straight victories in Logan. So, I don't know what their problem is. Yeah, I just I just don't get it.
1: They think they're too big for their britches. They are but, too big for their britches. Yes. So the non-conference schedule. Looking at Utah State, uh, it was released today. Um, like I said, one team in the top fifty, where they finished in the net um, this last uh, last year. Four that were in the top one hundred. If you compare that to last year, again, this is not exactly the best comparison because these are all based off of uh, last year, I don't have the numbers of where these teams were in the year before, leading up to the twenty twenty the 22 season for USU. But if you look at the teams USU faced last year, where they ended up, three were in the top 50, six were in the top 100. That's
2: their non-conference?
1: In the non-conference. Yeah. So by where teams finished last year... Last year's non-conference schedule was much stronger for the Aggies than what this year's is projecting to look like. But I think you're right. I think the point that you made earlier on, just to circle back to this, this looks like a non-conference schedule that's built around a team that's, that needs time to find itself and a team that needs to pick up some momentum going into conference play. And by the way, that conference play for USU begins New Year's Eve. Speaking about holidays, the Aggies will open up their conference schedule on
2: New Year's Eve night, hosting Fresno State. Yeah, I'm not as bothered about that one. It's not Christmas or Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so I think you know, looking at last year, I think their non-conference schedule. If I'm doing the math right in my head, they finished ten and six. I think because they were 8-10 and 10 in conference, 18-16 and 16 overall. So I think that comes out to a 10-6 and 6 non-conference record. Could be similar this year. Again, it's tricky because we don't know which of these teams are going to be better or worse. And as I said, some of these mid-major teams can flip on a dime whether or not they're good or bad. Um, a lot more so than some major teams.
1: Right. Well, will Santa Clara and San Francisco be as good as they were last year? They were kind of surprises in the West Coast. Yeah,
2: because if they, if they lost players, which I, I haven't been able to go check and see if they did lose players, you know, it's like Utah State. They've kind of gone downhill, not dramatically, but they've they've begun kind of a downhill slide since they lost Sam Merrill and Mishketa, and now they've lost Justin Bean, so that could continue unless somebody steps up this year, which that's kind of why I'm worried, is I don't see anybody uh, potentially stepping up. So, But given that their non-conference schedule is a lot easier, this is kind of the point I was starting to make. They could finish similar in terms of non-conference record, 10-6, and six, maybe slightly better. Um, again, it'll depend on how well these guys gel together, but, you know, a winning record with this kind of weaker non-conference schedule is very possible, even if they're not a super good team. So, you know, be wary if Utah State's doing as well as they were last year, they could end up, you know, they had a losing record in conference last year. Things could go really rough if this team doesn't have a couple of surprises on their roster.
1: Yeah, uh, yes. Um, agreed. And, and I think the other thing, too, last year they were they were traveling all over. Right? They were in North Carolina. They were at the, the Pentagon. Was it South Dakota? Now they were in the Central and Eastern time zones a couple of different times. They went up to the what, the Naval Academy. So there were a lot of games that were – not a lot, but there were a number of games – uh, in the Central and Eastern time zones. This year, they don't... The furthest west that they're going to go is in conference play when they go down to Albuquerque. And when they play f- in Fort Collins. No, they actually won't play in Fort Collins. Yes, they will play in Fort Collins. Uh, but they... In and, and Laramie, that's as far west as they will go. Excuse me, far east as they will go. Yeah, they'll stay- they, they stay in the Mountain and Pacific time zones. They do have the tournament that they're going to play in Hawaii. Yeah, they'll go really far west. (laughs) But travel, outside of that game around Christmas time, that uh, tournament around Christmas time, most of the travel is
2: is a lot closer to home for USU this year. Yeah. So it'll be easier on their bodies. It'll be easier in terms of the on-court opponent. So they could do well in non-conference, kind of like what sometimes happened to Utah State's uh, women's basketball team. They've been a struggling program, but they've – had some times where they do all right in non-conference, but they're playing cupcake opponents in a lot of cases. Then they got roughed up in conference play, sometimes only winning one or two games. And so it could be a less extreme version of that with with the men's team this year, where they're going to play a lot softer schedule, so maybe they'll have a decent record, but that could end up being deceptive. Maybe a
1: bit fool's gold. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some teams on here that will challenge them. Yeah. Uh, again these are mid majors so it can swing dramatically from one year to the next but you know, the uh the San Francisco game uh Santa Clara th- those could be challenging um but um
2: Loyola has been good in the past Loyola
1: had moments where they they weren't good last year they were 209 in the net last year yeah but i mean there's there's some there's some games that could be interesting for USU to test them. There's a number of games here that'll allow USU to get their feet underneath them. But really, it's about trying to prepare to be a better Mountain West Conference opponent. I think
2: that's what they're trying to become. Yeah, and this could help them. Like I said, if there are guys who are able to get in rhythm, you know, they've got, uh, you know, the couple of guys I'm hoping will be surprises Mason Falslev, but he's a freshman coming off of, you know, two years of basically not playing basketball probably or very little. Um, he's a guy I'm hoping can be really good. But it's hard to get really good freshmen here at Utah State. We had one a few years back and he's now in the NBA. So you know, Namish was a rare example of a true freshman just walking in here and being really great. Maybe Mason can be that. He kinda has to be if Sam Utah State's gonna be really as a good. Freshman. Yeah. But he was only Okay, like he was a decent player. He wasn't leading anybody, which is almost what Mason would have to do. Or you can maybe Ryland Jones, who I mean, he's now three or four years into his career, and he's been about the same player, a decent starting point guard. Steve Nashworth, kind of similar. They've got a lot of decent players. Who's the star? Who's leading them? Who's making big impacts instead of just pulling their weight and every now and again having a Statistically above average game, right? You know, like Taylor Funk, is he going to make that big difference as a transfer? Yeah, he's he's another guy that's like your top level role player. If you stick him into a big role, he'll put up some numbers. But if he on the true impact, not the same as the Justin Bean, Sam Merrill, Ketta and some of the other great players we've had.
1: Right, and, and you know what what kind of uh, an evolution or growth uh, ha- takes place with Berstow, and with Shulga. Uh so there, there's some significant questions around this team. I'm not I think it'll be a competitive team. I'm not gonna say they're gonna be at the top of the Mountain West. Yeah. They won't be they won't be they're bad. Not, they're not Yeah.
2: They won't be bad, but they won't be at the top. Yeah. Unless somebody makes a jump that you know, the kind of jump that we just can't predict. The one we're not gonna see coming. The one that Justin Bean made, like when he first came in, not the one from uh when he first played, like in that Mountain West tournament, that when he became a starter, that jump was actually kind of predictable. But like him just appearing out of nowhere, where was that supposed to come from? Nobody, nobody saw that coming. Um, but you know, somebody's got to make an unpredictable jump for this team to be really good, right. and that's something I just can't predict. I just have to hope it happens. I can't tell you where it's going to happen. That's why I called it an unpredictable jump. We just have to hope somewhere somebody's going to do something. All right, more to discuss, more to get uh, from you. We haven't, we just barely
1: touched on the conference schedule that was released. We'll touch on some of those uh, significant games on the schedule for USU, what the home schedule looks like for the Aggies. That's coming up in about three and a half minutes from now. But it's the weather's been hot this week. Uh, and it's still going to be hot for the next couple of days, like near record or breaking record temperatures. And that can be tough on your car. So make sure you have the right oil in your vehicle to make sure it runs like it should. So take it in to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We have Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life Oil, and they'll get you back out on the road quickly. They're at 695 North Main in Logan, just right across from Angie's.
3: This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has now become the most underrated player in the NFL by a mile. Colin, he can't stay healthy. So let's attack that narrative. He played 15 of 17 games this year. 15 of 17. Plus three playoff games. This is The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Wow.
0: Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
2: We are Aegis Home Health and Hospice, Aegis, A-E-G-I-S. Our home is your home. We are more than an organization of healthcare professionals. We are proud members of our community. Compassionate, quality patient care is our mission. I am Jason Jones. I'm a proud member of the Aegis team. At Aegis, we're dedicated to character, experience, and trust. Aegis Home Care and Hospice. We will ensure you experience the difference. 435-723-9000 or find us at myagis.com.
3: Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models.
0: The new Santo Taco Logan is open. Now with a fresh look and a family-friendly atmosphere, you must try their Al Pastor Taco. Marinated pork on a corn or flour tortilla that'll make your mouth water. Or try Santo Taco's signature carne asada nachos. Chips smothered with cheese and grilled steak topped with pico de gallo, sour cream, and jalapenos for a little kick. Whatever you try, it can't go wrong. Santo Taco, now open at 880 South Main, Logan. To find out more or place an order online, go to Santo breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews it's the full court press with eric franson and jason walker
1: Francis and Jason Walker, had to wait for the big uh, guitar and drums
2: there. <laughs> you jamming out to the music now? Yeah, it's right. normally me that's like dancing over uh, here. I
1: know, that's right.
2: Uh, 435-339-0321
1: if you want to chime in. Um, later on in, this, in the show today, we're going to hear from Gervin Hall and uh, Robert Briggs. Their reactions to game one for Utah State football and getting ready for Alabama this week. Um, we'll also hear from Rob Nielsen. He's the head coach of the Utah State Women's Volleyball Program. He'll be joining us in uh, about uh, 12, 13 minutes. So uh, at least that's what we're anticipating. Fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, volleyball off to a great start. Big wins last week and on their way to a big tournament uh, this weekend in Provo. Uh, but 435 339 if you want to chime in. A lot of discussion here about Utah State basketball. And uh, 8968 weighs in. The non-conference schedule somewhat sounds a lot like uh, Rod Tuller put it. This is called positive scheduling.
2: Yeah, that's positive
1: scheduling. One way to put that, okay. you're giving
2: yourself a better record than maybe you deserve based on playing teams that aren't as good or aren't as prestigious, I guess. So we'll see. And the, and they're going to be easier athletes. Like when you play the major conferences, the the trick with them sometimes is that you're playing really good athletes, whereas you know the Smaller conferences, they're sometimes as skilled as some of the, you know, major conference guys, but they're not as athletic. Uh, Utah State will face West Coast Conference
1: schools, or four West Coast Conference schools, I should say, three schools from the WAC, and then a variety of other conferences, Missouri Valley, um, the, uh, the the Summit League, Big Sky. So there's a variety of different conference schools that Utah State will face. But interesting that, that four West Coast Conference teams on
2: USU's schedule. But not a certain West Coast Conference team that's <laughs> in the state of Utah. One one notable absentee. Uh, quickly,
1: this, the conference schedule, as I said, begins December 31st against Fresno State. Some of these games could be changed, like the dates could be altered slightly based on national TV because they've set the conference schedule. Now TV partners get a chance to see what games they want to feature. But as of right now, uh, New Year's Eve against Fresno State and Logan. Aggies go on the road for a couple of games at Air Force and Boise State. Come back home on January 10th against Wyoming. Back on the road at Nevada. January 7th, on the January 14th. January 17th versus UNLV. January 21st against San Jose. On the road to take on San Diego State and Fresno State. That's a tough two-game stretch. January 24th and 28th. Yeah, that one stood out to me as a a tough back-to-back. Return home to face New Mexico for the only time in the conference slate on January 31st. Travel to Fort Collins to take on Colorado State on February 4th. The only time they'll face the Rams. Uh, Return home on February 7th to host the Aztecs. Uh, San Jose State on the road, February 11th, home games against Air Force in Nevada on February 14th and 18th, respectively, at Wyoming on February 21st, at UNLV February 28th, and then finish off the conference schedule at home March 4th against Boise. So the other note there is that tough two-game stretch in the end of January at San Diego and Fresno. But the other interesting note for me is that they play Boise nearly at the beginning of the schedule and at the end of the schedule, just to bookend it.
2: And those both could be really interesting matchups. Yeah, they could be. And overall, just the schedule, nothing too much stands out. You have a good mix of you know back-to-back home games, back-to-back away games. Nothing too extreme, which is a sign of you know good scheduling. Uh, I'll get a better look at it later to see, you know, maybe they're playing some Tough teams, a little too close together. We mentioned San Diego State, Fresno State's kind of one of those. Um, But it looks like a fairly well-balanced schedule for Utah State. Nothing too tricky. Well, that could be a pretty tough stretch, January 24th
1: through February 7th at San Diego, at Fresno, at home against New Mexico, at Colorado State, at home against San Diego State.
2: Yeah, so that's, I guess that's, that's kind a li- of
1: couple. That's a brutal couple of weeks. So I guess that's a little tricky. Wedged in right in the middle of the, your conference schedule. Yeah,
2: that could be. I mean, that's probably the worst stretch of the season. But at least there's only one of them.
1: <laughs> True. All right, another quick timeout. Love to continue to get your thoughts about the USU basketball uh, schedule release today. 435-339-0321. Napa Auto Parts stays stocked up on the things that you need. And uh, they've got five different locations between Preston and Providence to find the parts that you need. That's Napa Auto Parts. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank?
2: This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and
0: know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items
3: prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken
1: and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger, casual or professional. Open Monday through Thursday, 1130 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 9 p.m. Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today.
0: Have you thought about your furnace lately? Of course not. It's hot outside. Now's a great time to start thinking about replacing it or having it serviced for fall and winter. Advanced Heating and Air will help you get some of the industry's best
2: rebates on a new, high-efficient York furnace installed in your home. Or one of Advanced Heating
0: and Air's service professionals can service your furnace for the upcoming winter season. Call today, 752-7272, or schedule a free estimate at advancedheating-ac.com york install confidence northern utah and southern idaho's home for sports it's the full court press on sports talk radio 1069 fm 1390 am the fan
1: Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Coming up next hour, stick around. We're going to have Rob Nielsen, the Utah State women's volleyball coach, joining us here just a few minutes away. We'll hear from Gervin Hall. We'll hear from Robert Briggs, Utah State football players. I had a chance to catch up with him after practice yesterday. What do they have to say about game number one in uh, in the stadium with fans in attendance? and uh, shifting their attention to Alabama and uh, trying to predict how that might go and staying focused. So interesting conversations with them coming up. Uh, but uh, big story also today, Utah State men's basketball officially releasing their non-conference and conference schedules. Uh, and uh, you can see more about it on CashValleyDaily.com. And uh, this is really, it looks like a non-conference schedule built for Utah State to get their feet underneath them, get some momentum before they get into conference play cuz San Diego State should be good again. Fresno State should be good again. UNLV could be on uh improving a little bit. Um Colorado State, big questions there now that Roddy is gone. But uh Wyoming was a surprise team a year ago. So The Mountain West Conference, Nevada could be interesting too. There's some good basketball happening in this conference, and USU needs to get themselves figured out before they get into
2: good conference play. Yeah, a lot of these teams are trending up. Even Nevada, who took a bit of a nosedive, uh, they're coming back up. And, you know, a lot of teams, if they're not like really good, they're at least pretty decent. You know, the Wyomings, maybe the Colorado States, Nevadas, UNLVs. You know, there's going to be a lot of good teams and a few great teams. And so if you're not a good or great team, like last year Utah State was a good team, so they finished okay. If they're not a good or great team, they're in big trouble. And I could even see New Mexico improving and
1: being more of a challenge this year.
2: Yeah, they're they're probably gonna be another solid team. So, you know, Utah State might need to get their feet under themselves to be, you know, a good or great team. So the, the schedule opens November seventh for Utah State.
3: Stick around with more to discuss here on the Full Court Press next down. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. When it comes to the NFL draft, everybody likes to pretend they're an expert. Every year, we hear fans criticizing team selections, but yesterday, Cutdown day was a friendly reminder of how unpredictable the draft can be. Back in 2018, UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen looked like a pro-ready prospect. He was replaced after just one year in Arizona with Kyler Murray and was cut by the Cleveland Browns yesterday. 2021, the Raiders selected Alabama tackle Alex Leatherwood. At the time, many People believe taking the tackle at 17 was a reach, but he was still a highly rated prospect. Leatherwood was cut yesterday. Making the transition from college to the pros has never been easy. Players fail to mirror their success in college all the time. But every year, we still hear fans criticizing and celebrating selections. The reality is nobody really has any idea how these careers will shape out. And yesterday's cutdown day was that not so subtle reminder of exactly that. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.